thank you. seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season and you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. I knew we had a good chance to beat them when I heard Feinbaum picked them to win by about 25 points. Somebody told me. Turn by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. What's up, man? It has been a long week since we last talked. I feel like I've been going a million miles an hour. Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This is how much I love you. This is how dedicated I am to this podcast. And just overall, I'm a 10 out of 10 guy. First of all, I am missing. I Look, I'm preparing my meal. I cooked this amazing meal, and it's in the kitchen waiting for me. And do you know what meal it is? It is a full-on taco bar. I got, I got the salsa. I got the queso. I got the lettuce. I got the cheese. I got the sour cream. I got the soft taco. I got the hard taco. I got the beef. I got the, the taco sauce. And, you know, I live alone, and I have hints of lime chips, and I have a 12-pack of Bud Light Lime, and, and, and I got a date with Bachelor in Paradise, bro. And I'm missing all that right now. So just know that bro, I'm dedicated. Bro, I don't want to hear it because I hadn't even got to start cooking dinner yet. Ooh. And on top of that, I am way behind on Bachelor in Paradise. Haven't got to watch since JPJ had his blow up. Whoa. So I'm way behind, bro. Way Look, behind. Just real quick, man. Bachelor in Paradise. You're going to, yeah. That show, man, I told Derek, no judgment. I watch Bachelor in Paradise. Hey, I watch all the Bachelor in Paradise. I watch Bachelor in Paradise, all of that? Bachelorette, and Bachelor. I watch all of it. No shame, bro. We're real. We should, that, we should start a we should start a uh, Bachelor podcast. <laughs> I don't make know if we'd have a big audience for that. Make predictions. I actually, I think we could market the hell out of that. Especially if you had a kid, and then I had a kid, and we could call it the Dad Chiller Podcast. Wow. Well, bro. let me say this. I am I'm a couple years away from a kid at Lee. I mean, not even a couple. I'm like wow, five years. I was like, dang, that was shorter than I thought. <laughs> you never know. All right, bro. well let's uh let's let's cut this bachelor talk out before we uh we get our man cards before taken. Our yeah, before we uh nobody ever listens to us talk about football ever again. Let's exactly. talk SEC and I wanna save it to the end, but I just can't because I'm so excited. UGA Versus Notre Dame, the cupcake games are over. I'm going to be in the stadium live for that game, and I oh. cannot freaking wait. Oh, I'm so excited. What is that I, on? Is that is that ESPN? Is that CBS? What are we working with? You know there? what? I don't really know. You know why? It doesn't matter because I'm going to be there in person. So I hadn't even you know looked, why? Up, well, oh, looked up any trip. What? It's CBS, bro. And this is why I'm hyping up CBS. Number one, Gary Danielson. Oh you're gosh, you're gonna miss Vern, but you have Gary. But the best thing about CBS is this: the ba 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 ba
truck. that is oh. associated with football that gets me. Like the NFL, the Sunday NFL music is like, dude. When I, I know Monday night it, football is better. I think Monday night football is the best. Monday night football is the goat, but just Monday night football doesn't make me feel the same way. Like when I hear NFL, like CBS Sunday football music, it just makes me so happy. Like it makes me feel like a little kid sitting down to watch. That- is that your? You think that's the best music in in sports? I don't even know sports. if it's the. I don't even know if I'd say it's the best. It's just the one that makes me feel oh, like dude the best. I think Monday Night Football is probably the goat. Monday Night Football's got to be like Monday Night Football's the there. But I'm saying uh, Monday Night Football's the goat. But close second is the CBS SEC intro. Yeah, that shit. Oh, gives me chills, man. I mean, I think I get a half chub automatically when I listen. Well, well, this week. We're going to hear it, or you're going to hear it. I'm going to be in the stadium. But this week, that's going to be on CBS. Number seven, Notre Dame at number three, Georgia. And I'm looking at the the starting line, and Georgia is favored by 14 yeah. points. I was going to talk to you about that. Florida is only a 14.5-point favorite over Tennessee, and Georgia is almost a – that's crazy. Well – I think that just that just speaks volumes on two things. Number one, Notre Dame's overrated. Number two, Georgia's dominant. Yeah, uh, I think I think people are are starting to like. I think more than just I think for years the fans have been like kind of down on Notre Dame, but I think it's starting to become clear to other people like how many big games can you go to and then get blown out in before people start going, we don't trust you anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like, that no one trusts them, and I just like look. I'm going to be honest. I like seeing Georgia lose. Don't get me wrong. But either way, it would be happy for me because I just feel like if Georgia wins this game, they're going to blow them out. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't see any scenario where Georgia loses this game. Um, I know it's a top-ten matchup, but I just think Georgia will slaughter them. I think it's going to be like a 42-14 to 14 score, bro. Like, oh, wow. It's gonna you're, be- you're going super high. I'm going high. Like, And another thing I'm going to say is – one thing about Georgia fans that's kind of making me, like, sit the fuck down is uh, this week I've seen um, a bunch of retweets about how Georgia has the number one offense or the number one defense, you know, based off of these numbers. Yeah. And I'm like, time out. Yes. Congratulations. You have done great. You have done some great things. But you have done some great things against Murray State, Arkansas State, and the worst team in the SEC. So, you know, let's chill out. Um, Hold on. Notre Dame. Vanderbilt is not the worst team in the SEC. Who's the worst team in the SEC? Ole Miss is definitely the worst team in the SEC. No, 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 no. no. Ole Miss is not the worst team in the SEC. What? Your, your arguments for the worst team in the SEC are between three teams. It's between Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Ole Miss beat Arkansas. That's why I say that. 31-14 like 14 or some shit. I thought Ole Miss lost to Arkansas. No, man. Second week... I thought no, almost I lost. No, man. I'm sorry to break your heart there. You sound kind of depressed, but nope. I just feel but sad because I thought they had lost. All right, let me say this. One of the worst teams in the SEC. A team that has zero wins. Like, they're the only team in the Power Five. I think them and one other, one other program. Vanderbilt's the only team in the Power And granted, they have played a hard schedule. They played Purdue. They played Georgia. Yeah, they haven't. Like, everybody they've played is good. I know, but they're still 0-3. Like, I'm just saying. But like, yes. they're, 
They're 0 and 3 against No, they've won a game. They're not 0 and 3. Vanderbilt? Hold on, hold on. Why did no, that Vanderbilt? So I'm sorry, so Vanderbilt's 0 and 2. They had a bye. I looked I tried to look up Vanderbilt's schedule and this junk showed me the schedule from 2017. I was like, "What?" Um, no, okay, so they lost to Georgia, lost to Purdue, and they had a bye. So they're 0 and 2. But they played two Power 5 teams. It's not like they you know, it's not as like the same as Tennessee losing to Georgia State. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's but, get back on topic. Let's get back on topic. Yes, I'm sorry. So the Georgia, Go ahead. it's okay. It's okay. So the Georgia Notre Dame game. I agree. I don't see a situation in which Georgia loses this game unless we just something crazy has to happen, man. Something like Fromm gets hurt in the very first drive and the offense still tries to throw the ball for some reason, or let me maybe tell you this. Vanderbilt or Vanderbilt. We're talking about Vanderbilt. Maybe Notre Dame has like some big plays early, big momentum plays, and then we're playing from behind. But it's just hard for me to imagine this Georgia team losing to this Notre Dame team. Um, it's like you, you said. Put- I just think Georgia's dominant in every position group right now, and I think they also yep. believe that they're the better team in a very real way. You could put Rodrigo Blankenship, Georgia's kicker at quarterback, and they would still win this game. Notre Dame is run defense is absolutely pathetic. I'm telling you, DeAndre Swift, uh, Zeus, Cook, whoever the hell is in the backfield is going to have an absolute monster day. Notre Dame is going to get, like, I know Georgia fans, their motto is run the damn ball. They need to run the damn ball. Jake Fromm, could throw the ball six times or less this game, and I still feel like Georgia will whoop their ass. Yeah. I don't see any scenario where no, Georgia's not winning by at least two touchdowns. Yeah. Even if I Notre think... Dame – it's going to be a slaughterhouse, and Stanford's going to be lit as hell. So – Yeah. Dude, they're doing so much extra stuff for this game. They're bringing in, like, red LED lights – They've and, had those though. They installed those this year and they look badass. And they're like doing like um they're like having extra seating brought in and it's and college game day is going to be there. Athens is going to be a madhouse on Saturday. Are you going to go to game day? Please tell me you're going to go to game day. No, I'm not going to game. I was about to say that's a long day though, dude. Yes, dude. I'm not going to game day. Going no, man. No, Athens I haven't I haven't settled on my plan yet what I'm going to do cuz I'm going by myself. Like I don't I'm going no by my, yeah, I'm going by myself. I have a student ticket, so I'm gonna be in the student section. I don't really know anybody that's gonna you be don't know there. anyone else that's going. I mean, I know people that are going, but i I'm not really it's not really people that I would hang out with. You know what I mean? Like that's the me. thing is the tickets at this game are so expensive that only like people that are insane and spent that kind of money for tickets or students are going. Dude, go down with there with your brother. Go down there with Zach. Tell him the tailgate with you. And then he can watch the game at a bar. He's not going to do that. Like, actually, my family was going to go down and tailgate. Um, but then plans changed. Like, they were going to go down and tailgate, and then I was going to go to the game. But then plans changed. So, Look, either way. This is what way, you do. This is what you do. This is going to be, like, I I can't remember being this excited for something in a long time. Like, outside of the birth That's of my amazing. daughter, I can't think of something outside I've been this excited for. What about your marriage? That was a long time ago, though. I'm saying, like, recently. That was three years ago tomorrow. Tomorrow doesn't listen to this. Oh, she definitely doesn't. She definitely doesn't. 
tomorrow is three years that we've been married. So that's funny that you said that. Look, but if yeah, Jordan, so, doesn't, if Jordan okay. doesn't listen to this podcast, she at, le- at least better subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That's okay, I'll, I'll let her know. But yeah, so I really think where you are going to really see the difference is, like you said, Georgia's offensive line is just going to manhandle um, the front seven of Notre Dame. And our running backs are just going to be just just going off. And then as soon as that happens and they start to stack the box, we're going to be able to run play action and all the typical stuff that people say in this situation. I mean, to me, the game just seems so simple in the sense of what has to happen and what needs to happen. And unless Notre Dame is hitting big plays or causing turnovers, which I don't necessarily see happening because a Jake Fromm is not a turnover machine. He doesn't do well, that. That's game manager. Yeah. That's not something he's known for. B we have good backs who are going to be getting good blocking. And I just don't see the turnovers happening. So I think at least 14 points. I could see it being three-plus scores. But you want to hear something funny about this game? Points. What? So I'm looking at the matchups for this weekend. You have you know Southern Miss versus Alabama. Tickets as low as $10. LSU versus Vanderbilt. Tickets as low as 68 Tennessee versus Florida. Tickets as low as 46 Notre Dame versus Georgia. Tickets as low as $311. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I think this is a good week for the SEC, though. I'm excited. I have we have Georgia versus Notre Dame. That's a top ten matchup. Um, you have you have uh, Auburn versus Texas A&M. That's another game I'm super excited about. I think we're going to learn a lot about each team. Um, I think if Auburn can come in there and beat Texas A&M, I think Auburn's legit. I think if Texas A&M will pull it, I mean it's an Aggie land. I think if Texas A&M pulls out the win, I think you're looking at a really strong season for. For Texas A&M, I mean, obviously they will still have some some tough opponents on their schedule, but I'm excited about that. And then obviously, um, I will be in Gainesville this weekend for Tennessee versus Florida. And I know Tennessee is not good, and I know um, you know Florida's a top ten team, but with the backup quarterback and it being a rivalry game, um, you know, you just never know. So yeah, I I know you and Bryce talked about um, Florida and Tennessee. Um, the other night when I couldn't record. But I just want to hear your thoughts on the quarterback situation. I was so shocked when Kyle Trask came into the game the other night. I thought yeah. for sure Emory Jones was going to step on the field. What? Give me the lowdown from a Florida fan. What is the deal there? Because, I, I mean, every name, I, everybody I saw on Twitter was saying Emory Jones is the backup. And then this yeah. random white dude steps on the field. No, Trask has always been the second string quarterback. Okay. Uh, um since since really spring. Okay. Uh I think Emory will get there. I just think like he's not there throwing yet, but he's absolutely dynamic. Um but this is what the thing and this was Dan Mullen's explanation cuz someone was like, "Hey, why didn't you put in Emory cuz we saw Emory over, you know, Trask against you know, against Georgia last year and yet yeah. you trust him in the Georgia game." Um Dan's explanation was was they were not giving us any Kentucky was not giving us anything in the run game. Um, Kentucky's offensive line is arguably uh, I don't know if you watched the game and I know they talked about it a little bit. Their offensive line is is great. I would yeah it's it's one of the best in the SEC. I'd, I'd probably put them. Uh, Georgia's young, um, so I I would say they're Georgia's got some studs up front. Um, 
but Kentucky has experience. So, you know, give and take, but they're, they're top tier, top tier offensive line. But, um, and then their defensive line played absolutely incredible. And so did their linebackers. So they weren't giving us to run in Dan's explanations is, is essentially was this, they were, they were giving us, they weren't giving us anything, um, as far as running. So I put in the passing quarterback and I let him do his work. And, um, he said this week, he said, we're going to run a two quarterback system. Um, it depends on how, how the game goes. We're going to play Trask. We're going to play Emory. I don't know if he's bullshitting to try to get Tennessee to game plan for both or what he's trying to do. Um, I think we will see both. And even someone asked him, someone asked him about kind of the, you know, cause Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator at Florida when, when we ran a two quarterback system with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow and someone had asked him like, Hey, how do you compare this to Leak and Tim Tebow? And, and Dan actually said, uh, I actually, he, he said, well, um, I don't really compare it, but Emory is actually more for, is, is further along, um, than Tebow was in 06. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit, but I think we'll see both. I think Trask is going to be the main starter, um, but we'll see. I mean, I honestly Man. would not surprise. It, it, that's what I told. I was kind of messing with Bryson, just saying, of course, we can never have a year since Tebow where we don't have some kind of quarterback controversy issue, whatever you want to call it. Bro, but, it really is. It's really always this way for you guys. And I really hope that Dan – is just messing with Tennessee because I just never feel like that two quarterback system works, man. I know Florida did it that year with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. I, but I mean, I can't think of another time where that's worked. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see it, but my thing is, and I was telling Bryce and I was telling, I've been talking to some people about it is look, I know I'm a homer. I'm high on Dan Mullen. Um, you know, but if there's anyone that's going to do it and pull it off, it's going to be Dan Mullen. And now it yeah. could be an absolute, it could be an absolute shit show. But I'm just saying, if there's anyone that's going to pull it off and make these two quarterbacks, just, you know, and I said in, in anything, I said, you know, other than Lincoln Riley, in my opinion, what other coach do you want? What other coach do you want coaching a backup quarterback? I mean, you could. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that you're going to throw out that I'm going to be like, okay, maybe. But in my opinion, you're looking at Dan Mullen, who's one of the most, you know, say what you want to say about him, whatever. But there's no denying he uh, is an offensive genius. He's a great play caller. He's an elite play caller, and he's he's known to make quarterbacks look much better than they are. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited. Um, I'm a little nervous, of course, just because it's a backup quarterback, and and now teams are going to game plan for Trask. Um, but we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes for Florida. Um, you know, I'm not a Frank's fan by any means. Um, I know. I was about to see what. You but think. I really felt bad for the guy um, when he got hurt on Saturday. I was watching the game, and it really broke my heart to see him get hurt because. He is somebody that has been like fighting some adversity from fans and from the media and from, um, you know, from people doubting him and stuff. And I feel like anytime you have a guy get injured like that, um, especially in today's college football world, you automatically enter this zone of, okay, let's say Kyle Trask comes in and 
plays well, which he did, and let's say let's say y'all only lose the games you're supposed to lose this year. Um, yeah. Where does LSU that put Georgia? Yeah, where does that put Frank's next year? And are we talking about a transfer situation? Well, that's what and you know me so and Bryce talked about that. Trask is a senior. Yeah. So he's gone. So Emory would have to step up and kind of do something big. But, I mean, you could tell, and that's another thing that, like, I knew this team, you could tell in the offseason and, and and even in, like, interviews and stuff like that about how this team, especially the receiver group, talked about Franks and how hard he's worked and stuff like that. But when he went down, you could really tell how, how the team looked up to him as a leader. You could tell oh, yeah. how you know, you could tell how emotional he was. You could tell, and 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 I told, I was talking to Bryce this because he was like, "Dude, this might be the last time we're going to see Franks as a starting quarterback of Florida." And I said, "Look, I think Dan Mullen's going to be honest with him. If someone comes in and 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 you know and says, hey, you know, this guy's going to be our starting quarterback,' I think you should leave. And I think Dan would do that. But I think if it's if if Franks is in a position to compete for the quarterback spot, he's not going to leave." A, because he's a, you know, say what you want to say about him. He's a competitor. Uh, he's tough. I knew, that's how I knew. I knew he was extremely hurt because the kid's tough. I mean, he gets drilled and he gets right back up. But I knew he, something was wrong when he was down like that. But but I think that, you know, there's not going to be another coach in college football and then back to the Lincoln Riley thing, except probably Lincoln Riley, that's going to develop him better than Dan Mullen. Um, I mean, he can go to, you know, a smaller school and try to light it up, but I just think I don't think he's like that. I don't think he's the type of person to run from adversity. And I mean, even if you look at some of the, um, I thought this was really cool and made me like. I mean, I've always been on the Frank strain, um, but they Dan Mullen actually told him, "Hey, you know, you don't have to come to anything today. Stay home, rest." And he actually came. Uh, he's actually been at and came to all the team meetings this week. That's big time. Yeah, yeah so, man, I actually I actually gained a little respect for him on Saturday just because you you did see the reaction from the team and the players. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody injured and that many players leave the sideline to like go out to the field. Yeah. And I think that I think that everything people have said minus what Brian Greasy said about him, I think everything else people have said about Franks has been warranted. Um, his attitude, his cockiness, his inability to be consistent, all those things. But as a former player, anytime you see somebody that's that revered by their teammates, there's no faking that. You know, with Antonio Brown right now in the NFL, nobody's coming to this man's defense. You haven't seen one player or coach that plays with him or coaches him come up and say, hey, y'all really need to back off Antonio. He's really a good guy and he's just going through it or he's just doing what's best for him. No players yeah. have come to his defense. Everyone's like, yeah, that guy's a jerk and nobody likes him, but he's the best receiver in football, so we put up with him. You know what I'm saying? So yep. anytime you see a guy that gets that much love and respect from his teammates, it's not fake. It's real. So I really yeah. hated it for him, and I hope he heals and he's and he's back next year. Um, but I'm interested to see what Florida what Florida does. It seems like it seems like Florida always has these QB troubles, and the difference right now is that you have a guy like Dan Mullen who is considered a QB coach. So I guess he's going to yeah. get to prove himself as that or not. You know, this season we're gonna we're gonna really get to see that. Yeah. So we'll see. And I think the Florida Kentucky game is a good game to talk about the QB transfer um, issue because 
the kid playing for Kentucky was a guy that would not have been the backup had people not transferred out of Kentucky. Um, and I thought he played pretty well too. Well, he transferred to Kentucky. Yeah. And he actually he, did. He actually, they, if I'm going to be real. Yeah. The kid played well. Don't, don't get me wrong, but the offensive line masked a lot of his issues. And when it really came down to it, I mean, he threw three interceptions. Um, Mark Stoops is a phenomenal coach. I hope he leaves Kentucky because he's going to give people issues in the East. Um, their game plan that great. They got the ball. If you looked in the first, I mean, Florida had one sack the whole game, and we lead, we still lead the sacks in nations because we had freaking ten against Miami. But, but the only reason, I, I mean, the kid got the ball out so quickly he didn't even give us a chance. An offensive yeah. line stepped up big time. But when the kid had to make throws, he did. I mean, one of them was a garbage time interception, so I won't count that one. But, um. When you actually put some pressure on him, he kind of freaked out. But, I mean, how did you feel about – how did you feel – I don't know if you listened to the postgame presser, but I thought it was freaking awesome about how Dan Mullen talked about, you know, hey, this kid, Kyle, has been here. He loved being a Gator. He said he, was, he wasn't going to leave, and look, he's getting his chance to prove it, and, and you don't see kids like that nowadays. They all want to yeah. – they're all about me. They all want to transfer, and I thought that was really cool by Dan – uh, he was preaching a little bit. I, I stood up and said, hallelujah, you know? I mean, I think it's cool, but at the same time, I'm a player's rights person. Like, I, you know, I really think that either the NCAA really needs to take a look at these transfer rules, and they either need to let people transfer when they want, how they want, and all that good stuff, or they need to scale it back some. But I tend to lean towards the side of guys being able to transfer and play right away because the bottom line is, Oh yes. no, no, no. Like, I'm not. Yes, I'm not. It's all. And I don't well, think. I don't think Dan was saying like, "Hey, I don't think Dan was shitting on the transfer portal." I think what Dan was saying was, "Is that you know, quarterbacks don't have any any patience to stay in a system and get their chance." Like, if you know, you see it with. I mean, all the time nowadays, if a quarterback's not starting, then they leave. And I, I get think, that, but would Dan yeah. say the same thing if if Kyle Trask went all four years and not played? Would he say? Yeah, maybe Kyle should have considered going somewhere else. Well, I no, think he would. Yeah, he wouldn't say that. No, I. I mean, I'm with you. I, I get so, what you're saying. So I don't get me wrong. I definitely agree with what Dan said. I think it is awesome to see a guy like that do that. You know, Jalen Hurts last year beating Georgia, even as painful as it was for me, it is awesome to see a guy stick it out, get his due, and like make something of it. Like, there's no denying. Yeah, now he's about to win the Heisman. Yeah, there's no denying that the awesomeness of a situation like that. But at the same time, there's no denying the sadness of a kid selling out for a place and it never panning out. So I, I feel sympathy for both sides. I feel sympathy for the quarterbacks who are transferring because they got to do what they feel is best for them and where they need to be. And I feel sympathy for the programs and the teams and the players who are having guys leave um, or transfer or whatever. And I say this from you know the position of a Georgia fan who's had two number one overall quarterbacks transfer in the last few yeah. years. So I, I feel for people on all sides, and I really think that's one reason the NCAA really needs to do a better job of deciding these transfer, you know. Hashtag these, free look forward. Yeah, like but, like things yeah. like that. They got to do a better job about the um, guys who get denied an appeal and guys who get granted an appeal. They have to do a better job of communicating their system of choosing it. But they've also got to do things, and the schools themselves have to do things to make it make it feel like the guy doesn't have to transfer um, yeah. and feels like he can buy in. Because I I don't think that the schools 
you know, people say like, oh, well, they're offering free education stuff. Yeah, but if you are, if you come in and you're a three star or a four star and you have two five stars coming behind you and they jump up the depth chart from you, you know, your scholarship does get cut and your scholarship does change year to year. That's one thing people don't realize. They, people, the casual person thinks a full ride offered to you out of high school is a full ride for four years and it's not. You know, yeah. as a as a as a guy who was on scholarship in college, my scholarships changed every year, and it was based on my play and my injury status and all that other stuff. That's why I didn't play but one year of college football was because of something like that. So, yeah. I think people need to understand that these guys, you know, we think like, oh, they're getting a, the deal of a lifetime. Well, in some ways, yes, but in other ways, they're taking a giant risk that they're putting their whole future on this college education. Um, and you know, this football career. So I see both sides of it. I definitely respect what Dan said and I think it's true. Um, but you know, that's a whole, we could do a whole podcast on that alone. I know so. I was about to say just that I went before I want to get into predictions and then we'll get into studs and scrubs of the week, but just a little tidbit yeah. that I, I really respect is, um, we had a three or four star safety that Dan recruited, um, his first year. Um, he got on campus and, got his physical and turns out he has a rare heart condition where he can mm -hmm. no longer, um, he can no longer um, play football for the rest of his life. And he's still on full scholarship. And, and when they asked Dan about it, he was like, look, I committed Randy Russell as a person. I mean, I, I recruited Randy Russell as a person and as a player. And yeah. I, if I honor, if I offer someone a full scholarship, I'm going to honor that. And I'm not going to yeah. take away his scholarship if he can't play football. I'm not going to I'm not going to strip his right of having a, a you know, a free education at a, at a top 10 public university because um, he can no longer sacrifice his body. And I thought that was super cool, but we don't have to get into that. But I just no, no, it's, it's really this, cool. Yeah. So but let's get into predictions. And uh, obviously, you know, Southern Mississippi, Alabama, you know, Slaughterhouse. Um, I think same thing for LSU, Vanderbilt. I don't know what your take is on that. Uh, but I think the I think really the there's really four games I want to get your take on. Okay. Maybe maybe actually maybe even five. This week's actually not that bad in the SEC. So I'll start with uh, let's just start with Florida and Tennessee. Um, what do you think about that one? Um, I think it depends on how well Trask plays for yeah. a full game and if Florida can get the running game going at all to help him. Uh, like you said, against Tennessee or against Kentucky, dude, that running game looked terrible. Like P. Ryan is a guy who I view as a very, very talented back in the SEC, um, a guy who should be able to run um, on defenses and, and get yards and, and that sort of thing. And he just wasn't wasn't getting anything. No, dude, no running back on Florida run, was. Yeah, our run game, it was masked by Josh Hammond's 73-yard, you know, yep. ice. But our run game, that's one thing I'm, I'm – I would really like to see against Tennessee is um, um, is I don't even really want to see Trask go off or Emory go off or whatever. I, I think Dan's going to keep it pretty conservative with Trask and Emory, uh, but with Tennessee and Townsend, and then he'll open up the playbook um, yeah. against Auburn and and start to get in. The, I don't think he wants to give people film on these guys. Yeah. Um, and I think he's really going to pound the run this week. Um, yeah. P. Ryan needs to get going. To. No, P. Ryan needs to get going. P. Ryan's going to regret coming back for his senior year. I think he's averaging like two yards a carry, That's which is ridiculous insane. for him. For how, in like the season, for how talented he is. Uh, we Dude, played two you know, years ago. No, not two years ago. Maybe it was three years ago. P. Ryan lit Georgia up. That, like, 
yeah. three years ago when they, I guess he was a sophomore or freshman then. He was like a red shirt sophomore or freshman or whatever. Regardless, y'all ran for like 400 yards against Georgia during Kirby Smart's first season, and that guy looked amazing. And then against Kentucky the other night, he looks well. And, and 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 granted to him, our run game was good against. Uh, I think our run game. Uh, I'm trying to. We kind of got a lot of guys in during the run against um, whoever the cupcake team we played. And granted, we have played a good defensive front in Kentucky and Miami. Um, yeah. Miami is a shitty team, but their defense is, and especially their oh, yeah. defensive front is one of the best. Uh, and then Kentucky, obviously. So, uh, you know, Tennessee, there's no excuse for us not to, to, to bust up at least 200 yards rushing. So against Tennessee. I do think that, I think that Florida will win and probably by, you know, three scores, but I do think it could be close. And I do think Tennessee is going to have like insane motivation for this game. Yeah, because, I agree. Cause Jeremy Pruitt's going to be saying, listen, you lost to Georgia State in a game that they should have never been in. And then you lost to BYU in a game where you fought hard the whole game and it came down to overtime. And now you've seen what it looks like to play a full game, put together a complete win, win 55 to nothing, whatever that crazy score was from their game this weekend. And he's going to say, if you beat the number nine team in the nation, everyone forgets Georgia State ever happened. Yep, exactly. All that shame on you for losing to Georgia State will be on Florida for losing to you. So yep. – and I think he's going to – I mean, I mean, do you – like, is there a worse situation to be in than to be against a defensive mind like Jeremy Pruitt the week after your starting quarterback goes down? Yeah, I know. It's a tricky situation. Uh, starting quarterback goes down, defensive mind, and a team has nothing to lose in a rival. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to be tougher than we think. Um, but we'll see. I mean, good teams, good teams uh, take care of this stuff. Yeah, so for sure. you know, if we're if we're a good team this year, then we'll come out and play like we're supposed to. But um, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. So yeah, we'll I think to Florida by two or three, and I'm I'm being kind of conservative, even though I think they're a much better team than Tennessee, just given the circumstances. Agreed. Um, All right, agreed. what's the next yeah. game you want you want to take on? This is a good one. Top twenty five matchup: Auburn versus Texas A and M. Um, I'll give you my take real quick. I and I know you'll probably feel the exact same way. I haven't been super impressed with Auburn this year. Um, you know, a lot of people can say the same thing about Florida. I don't think their quarterback's that good. Um, he's young. I I think Texas A&M is an extremely underrated team. Uh, you know, 17 is not a bad ranking. I think they're probably a top 12 team in the nation uh, when it's all said and done. If you look at, um, I think Kellen Mom will, will have a big game. I, I, you know, Auburn's defensive defensive unit's insane, but I think Texas A&M. I, I'm thinking a score probably 35 to 17 in favor of A&M. In favor of A&M? Yeah, I mean, I got I got A&M probably by two uh, two touchdowns at a field goal. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah I see, mean, I don't know, 35, I, 21, something like that. Yeah, I um. Here's my thing with Texas A&M: they never seem to be able to field a good defense. And that's been the case before Jimbo got there even. Last year, they were the 47th best defense in the nation. Um, so they're they're at like mid-level defense. And I think that Bo Nix is not that good from what I've seen. I mean, he doesn't look like the worst quarterback I've ever seen, but he doesn't look amazing. And I'm not, you know, I've never been on the Gus bus. Even when they were, you know, competing for a national championship, I just didn't. I, he, I just never bought what 
people that love Gus yeah. were selling. And so I think that, you know, that's not going to be the worst thing. But the problem is that Auburn's defense is always good. And I think it's going to come down to how much damage can Kellen Mond do because yeah. they're not going to be able to run the ball on Auburn, I don't think. I just don't think they match up well against that uh, D-line. And so it's going to be Kellen Mond versus the Auburn defense. Can Kellen Mond score, you know, touchdowns, whether on his feet or in the air? And, you know, Texas A&M's got really good receivers. Um, they're, they're good across the ball on, on offense. I just think they're going to have to pass the ball. And so I think that I don't know. I don't know who I think is going to win, man. If I had to just say this is the team that will win, Auburn seems to always win games that I feel like they have no business winning. I, it seems so to Auburn. me. Yeah, I think Auburn will win. I think Auburn oh. wins by like eight. I, I just don't know what it is about Auburn. They just win games they don't have any business winning. And Kellen Mond is good, and Jimbo is a great coach, and and Texas A&M is very strong on the offensive side of the ball, but their defense hasn't shown that they can, you know, play uh, to snuff. Even when they won, you know, they beat LSU in that crazy eight overtime game or whatever last year. Yeah. It was like an insane score, and it was it looked like a Big Twelve game. Um, yep. So I just don't know that Texas A&M's defense can stay with Auburn's even though Texas A&M probably has the better offense because I just think Auburn's defense is good enough to do that. So I think Auburn probably wins it, um, but I would love to see Texas A&M win because I just can't stand Auburn. So, All right, let's pop off Kentucky-Mississippi State. I'll go um, Kentucky bounces back. Not super impressed with Jordan, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State yet. They have a good running back. Um, okay, defense, pretty solid defense actually, but – uh, not too impressed with Mississippi State. I think both both teams are coming off a loss, tough losses with Kansas State and Mississippi State, and then Kentucky and Florida. Um, I, I just I got Kentucky winning. I just think I Kentucky do too. will win. I do too. I think, I, I think it'll be close. I mean, I think Kentucky by a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I got Kentucky there. It's yeah, at Mississippi State, but I don't really have an idea. I'd have to think through it to to give you a spread, but I'm Kentucky impressed me last week against Florida. They really did. I didn't think that they had it in them to to compete with Florida this year, especially you know down a quarterback and you know yeah losing Benny Snell and and, and that sort of thing. I just didn't see it happening. And then for most of that game, they looked dominant. Um, I mean, yep. to me. To me, until the fourth quarter, they should have won that they game. Looked, they looked like the better team on both sides of the ball. And, they were the better team the whole game. And, um, and I think should, that a lot of that is culture. Uh, to me, that's just my read on it, is that a lot of them losing that game is they're Kentucky and they always lose these games. But as soon as Stoops starts getting them to win those games, it's going to be bad news for the East, man. Um, I saw a lot now that we've got our, our Twitter up and I'm following all kinds of SEC people outside of Georgia. I saw a lot of recruits that are, have Kentucky high on their boards and are saying really good things about what's going on in Kentucky. And I even had saw where some recruits said that they were at the game. And even though Kentucky lost, they left feeling like Kentucky's like in a better place than Florida is going forward. And 
when when throughout the history of the SEC would that have ever been said? Well, I think that's a stretch right I now. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's not. A I mean, stretch. I get I get opinion. it. I'm just well, Mark Stoops just a great coach. I think nobody would have Parker. Nobody would have said that jokingly ever. Oh yeah. Before. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Kentucky beating Florida last year and then coming back and competing the way they did this year really impressed me. Me and you both talked about thinking Mark Stoops was a great coach earlier um, in one of our test episodes. It, to me, him and Derek Mason are two of the most underrated coaches in the SEC, and yep. I think Kentucky wins this one. Mississippi State just lost to Kansas State. And Mississippi State's a uh, six-point favorite, but, yeah, I got Kentucky yeah. by a touchdown. So. I'm surprised that they're a favorite, man. I, it's at home. It's at home. And yeah, but they didn't they lose to Kansas State at home. Yeah, but, like, not by much. Kansas State's still a good team. I'm, I know they're good, but I'm just saying, like. I forgot Bill Snyder retired, too. Yeah. Shit. But anyway, um, all right. Then <laughs> this is an interesting matchup as well. Uh, South Carolina, Missouri. Um, my take on it is I think South Carolina's quarterback, backup quarterback, actually looks really good. He looks really good. And I think that South Carolina is a decent team. I think Muschamp is always going to have these guys going uh, just because, you know, it's Muschamp. Um, he pulls a win out that he shouldn't, and, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. Uh, we were all super high on Missouri. We thought Missouri could be a dark horse. Um, I'm not too high on him. Kelly Bryant's still a stud, but I'm actually going to take uh, – it's at Missouri, and I, but I'm actually going to take South Carolina, and I think it's close. Um, but I think South Carolina is going to pull off – pull out the win here. I don't. Let me look at the spread. Um but what are your takes on it? Uh, yeah, I've got South Carolina, too. I watched that whole game, and let me tell you right now, I don't care what anybody else says on this whole freaking planet, that game was a lot closer than the score showed. Yeah. I fully believe that the fake that um, the fake field goal that South Carolina ran that scored and got called back, I think that was a bullcrap penalty. I do not think that it should have been called for holding. Um, I think there were a couple other calls that South Carolina got screwed on. And I really think that if a couple things had broken South Carolina's way, it could have been a one score game at halftime, maybe even less than, you know, maybe even like tied or, or something crazy because South Carolina really played well. Their defense looked really good, especially in the first half. And I think it's just one of those things when you're playing against a team against like Bama and you're not favored, you have to have everything go your way. And if one yeah. thing starts to go not your way, whether it's a missed call, whether it's a, you know, um, a, a big play, whatever, then it can avalanche very quickly. So I, I was very impressed by what I saw out of South Carolina this past week. And I, I think they'll beat Missouri. Um, Will Muschamp to me, is is still one of the best defensive minds um, in college football, and maybe just, the best defensive coordinator, but dude, not head coach, dude, if he if he ever leaves head coaching and goes to be a coordinator, a D coordinator somewhere, watch out because I think he's gonna bring a lot of hunger and and I think he's gonna when he gets back to a D coordinator role, he's gonna feel like the weight's been taken off his shoulders. Because he's not the head guy anymore, and he can just he won't, dial he won't up. Be, if he goes D coordinator, he'll be there for a year or two. But dude, yeah. but I'm just saying that year or two, he's gonna just be dialing up blitzes, just doing like whatever he wants, 
and having success because he's not the guy anymore. And I think that's really where he struggled is I don't think he's got the personality to be the guy. Um, and I, I mean, I was just really impressed with how they played. I thought it was going to be a blowout from the very beginning and, you know, Saban and Bama and their fans can say whatever they want. That was a close game in the first half and it could have been a lot closer than the score showed. So yeah, South a long, long story short, I think South Carolina beats Missouri this weekend. Yep. And then, yeah, I agree. And then we've talked about it. Um, we kind of already gave our analysis. I just want to hear a score prediction. Notre Dame, Georgia. Let me hear a score. Who you got? Obviously, Notre Dame, Georgia. Georgia. Notre Dame, Georgia. I'm going to go 45 to 20. Wow. Not 21? No, not 21. I'm going to go 40. I'm going to go 42 to 14. Okay. That's my score. I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Now. Studs and scrubs. Studs and scrubs. All right. So my, I, I don't know if, if if you had planned on us keeping our scrubs within the SEC or not, but I just you can't. This, I just can't this week, man. Let me tell you that Willie Tagger is the biggest of all scrubs. <laughs> I mean, He's a scrub. What is he doing in Florida State right now? What is he doing? I don't even understand what's happening. Florida State is a is a team that should be relevant all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Jimbo left that place in a disaster, and Willie Taggart's terrible. I don't know if Willie Taggart is so terrible that he's just drugged the entire city of Tallahassee down with him. I don't. I don't know what's happening. But Florida State lost to a Virginia team this past week that when was the last time florida state lost to virginia they lost to boise state and they beat louisiana monroe in overtime and I, lost. i know you know the man yeah. should be zero and three the man should be zero and three and i know two of the teams he beat are teams that we are are you know at virginia's in the acc boise uh, state boise now there are they weren't ranked no, they when weren't. this happened no, they, were. they were 25 they were 25. oh i thought they were just outside the top 25 no, they were 25, but yeah, I mean, essentially that 25 team in the first three weeks is is a, yeah. a toss-up, but yeah. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, and I I don't know at what point Florida State goes. It doesn't matter how much money it costs. We're buying this guy out of his contract. It's going to be this year. It's going to be this year next year. There's no way he stays, but yeah, no, he's a, he's a laughing stock. I hope he stays forever. Steve Spurrier actually joked about it today. Um, some girl came up to him. He was a student at UF and was like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a student at UF, and my dad's actually a Florida fan." And Steve Spurrier's response was, "Oh, Willie Taggart's a great coach. They should extend him for another ten years." <laughs> but that's um, hilarious. You know, Steve Spurrier trolling like he does. But hey, just to give you some before we move on to your scrub and stuff, I just want to I saw this just now scrolling on the page I'm on. Just to give you some fuel for Tennessee week, Georgia State got beat by Western Michigan 57-10. Damn. Yeah, they, I mean, Georgia State's only win this season is Tennessee. They've lost to Furman, and they've lost to— uh, No, they beat Furman. They beat Furman. Oh, did they? For, yeah. 14-10. to 10, I, think, I think they barely pulled it off. But yeah, yeah, they beat Furman. But w- so Western funny. Michigan beat them 57-10, to 10, and Tennessee lost 38-30. to 30. Hey, hey, shout out to the, um, shout out to the Citadel— for beating oh. Georgia Tech, that's my uh, that's my grandfather's uh, alum. So shout out to Citadel, that was cool. That's but pretty awesome. All right, so who's your scrub? My scrub is Cash Daniels. Fuck him, and let me say why. 
guy, first of all, last year he threw he stone cold Steve Austin two Gatorades and was like super hyped. Uh, but this year, um, he's a punk bitch. He was trying to. I don't. I mean, you can take for what it what it is, but the dude was trying to trying to twist Kyle Trask's ankle. If you see the full video, um, so fuck him. And he lost. Um, so he can be a scrub for losing. And even if you don't think he he tried to twist Kyle Trask's ankle, uh, which I would definitely challenge you to go take a look at the video because he definitely tried too. Uh, but even if you don't, he still lost and he's a scrub. Um, so there's my scrub. Fuck you, Cash Daniels. Um, I'm gonna, this is going to make you mad me saying this, but I, I watched the video. Think, I know and you don't it, think it. I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm just saying it doesn't seem as clear cut as a lot of people are saying it is. And well, Trask, Trask, I mean, obviously Gator fans are going to say Trask said it happened, but he said it's football. So I'm moving on. Yeah. So I, that's my thing is like, I've been on the bottom of a pile in. Dude. I've a had college people, football game, and it gets nasty. So yeah, I don't I've, have much sympathy for Gator players who are saying we would never do that because I guarantee there are Gator players who would do that. I've, had, do had, that. I've, so, had, I've been at the bottom of a dog pile after I oh, caught an interception, and I had an offensive lineman start punching me in the dick, and he oh, told yeah. me he told me next time I was down in the pile, he was going to try to uh, gouge out my eyeballs. So, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> funny. But yeah, um, he's my he's my scrub, and then my stud of the week. Obviously, this is super biased, but I just think backup quarterback comes in, scores 19 unanswered, uh, look calm, cool, and collected. Um, Kyle Trask is my stud of the week. Um, not once did I think when we were down 21 to 10 and our quarterback just went out for the season that we had any chance of winning that game. Um, so my stud of the week's Kyle Trask. Yeah, I would say that my stud is from the same game, but it's on the opposite team and it's not a player. Um, so I'm gonna give my stud to uh, Stoops. You know, yeah. for the first for the first three quarters at least. That fourth quarter, I think he kind of coached conservative, um, and the whole the whole Kentucky team coaching staff coached conservative. But yeah. um, I really think that uh, I really thought that. Uh, Florida State was going to struggle. Uh, I'm Florida State, sorry. I really think that Kentucky was going to struggle a lot more this year than they have, and I didn't think they had it in them to, you know, come back from losing their starting quarterback, losing Benny Snell to the NFL, and he's done a really good job in Kentucky, man. I mean, Kentucky went that from offensive being, line. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky went from being a laughing stock in the SEC to being a real player in the East. Um, as much as you can be a real player behind what Georgia's done the last couple of years. So, yeah, that's my that's my stud for the week is Mark Stoops. And and I, I have a similar hate for Bob Stoops that I have for Auburn. So <laughs> it's hard for me to compliment even somebody that's connected to that family. But Mark Stoops doing a good job in Kentucky, and I hope you get hired somewhere else so that Kentucky goes back to what they were before you got there. <laughs> Boom! Exactly. Yeah, I hope I hope he's gonna get hired away. But we'll I, actually, but. we need to talk about that eventually because I don't know. I go back and forth on that. Do I want the SEC East to just be unreal with coaching talent and player talent, or do I want it to be like a couple top tier teams and then kind of trash after that? It's always gonna be that way, whether you like it or not. We'll talk about that. But I want to yep. eat my damn All tacos right. and watch Bachelor yep. in Paradise. Anyway. All right. Let's wrap it up, man. Uh, have hey. a good week, and I will. I'll, next week, I'll get the to, game. Yeah, next week I'll get to tell you how the game was in person. So I'll we'll have get your, uh, We'll get your brother on the cast too. He can yeah. talk about Georgia football. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. All right, man. Well, have a good night. I'll talk to you yeah. later on. You too, bro. See ya. See ya.